Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code STEVE, S-T-E-V-E. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on pulpmx.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. Part two of the Timmy Ferry all-exclusive, in-depth podcast show. Uh, Red Dog, thanks uh, thanks for doing part two. Couldn't squeeze everything in one. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you just had a long career, man. What are you, what are you supposed to do, right? I guess I almost had two careers, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, you really did. You really did. Um, so when we left it off last time, it was 98. So you 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 lose your you lose your Suzuki ride. You win the title. You lose your Suzuki ride. You pack it in outdoors. You get canned from Suzuki. Get banned from the 125 class. Get an only Yamaha ride, and then promptly at the uh, uh, third third race of the year, you blew your knee out. Your ACL. Yeah, I was right at the beginning of the season. I just I cased the triple and stuck my foot out and blew it out. I uh, finished the night out, but. Um, yeah, I had to go in for surgery within like within like two weeks. Right, and did, so did you make it back for? I don't. You made it back for the outdoors, right? It was. Yeah, yeah. I actually made it back. Um, you go early to some supercrosses. Yeah, for the first round, but I wasn't really ready. Uh huh. Uh, it was ACL, and I was I was riding it like nine weeks or something. So right. Um, back then, that was kind of unheard of. And yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy now. RV tears his up, and he's four months, and he's back and looking better than ever. Yeah, I don't even. I think he was riding at three or so, wasn't he? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, he looked. I mean, he looked really good last week. So yeah, he's he's done that twice. Both of them, you know, he's yeah. come back a three months. So. You know what they? You know what they get you to do now? They get you to like start exercising right away. Like you're on a spin bike, you know, within ten hours outside of surgery. Yeah, and it's painful. <laughs> it's very, it's very, very painful. Right. Um. And then why the decision to ride 125 outdoors that, that year? That probably wasn't a good move. Um, I thought I needed a one. You know, a lot of guys did that the first year in the, in the big class in Supercross and then went. Right. Uh, rode one year of outdoors in the light still before they went full-time 250. That was just kind of the norm almost. But at, looking back on it, there's no way your bike was competitive enough with those, with those other guys. No, I was I was way off. <laughs> we were we were we were way off. So you and Dave died, uh, super team. Me and Dave died. So uh, we had a pretty good Supercross season going. We're doing okay. Right. But, uh, well, all came to an end. Uh, Ninety nine comes. Um, still no offer. So you re-signed with Nolene. Yeah, she re-signed with Nolene. They kind of restructured it. Um, some other people took it over, mm-hmm. and. Uh, K2, I think K2 was owned at Nolene when I was there the first year. But uh, so I went under a different management, and uh, we actually had a pretty pretty good bike. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Now, uh, f- this is where I enter the photo or the picture. 
two. Uh, we had we had to save that for part two. I did. I did. Two. Um. Two. Three weeks into the Supercross season, Dave quits. Gets a job with Yoshimura. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't very long in. Yeah. And uh, they 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 contacted me. I was in Germany racing uh, or working for a guy over there and hating life. And I remember I got the the. the the phone call to come work for you, and I, I called Steve at Nolene, and I never let him in that I was in Germany. I never let him on. Like, I, I was like, yeah, 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 you know, like, because I figured if I said Germany, he'd just be like, oh, forget it, you know? And and you actually thought I was Alan Terlecki. I, I really did, and... Uh, Ryan's brother. They look at you, man, you, no, you'll know this guy when you see him. You'll know this guy, but I guess I wasn't at the after parties with uh, right. Dave Dyan. Uh, the year before. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah, really, Dave Dye got me the job for sure because he recommended uh, um, me to uh, to Stephen Nolene. So, and uh, you were, and then from there, I started working for you at round uh, three or four. And like, I, I'd love to take credit for it, but you really were riding really well. Why do you think you stepped it up? Do you remember feeling like you were faster? Do you remember? Uh, you know, we talked about you getting that property beforehand. Maybe that had something to do with it. Why do you think you got so good in '99? Well, I think it was a, there was a few reasons. Um, the main reason is I, if I was going to race motorcycles, I really, really had to. Um, I had already been a year with some injuries and lost a factory ride, so right. Um, so I had to be really dedicated, and uh, you know, that's one of those low points when you're like, you think you're doing a lot, but all of a sudden. Uh, you realize you're not, mm-hmm. and uh, you figure, figure out you can work harder. Plus, I, I finally had my own supercross track, right. um, something I didn't have when I was a factory rider. Yeah. And um, so I had a lot of advantages, and all those little things kind of started adding up. And uh, I uh, and I really liked that bike. The bike was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, straight out of the box, it was a decent bike, so it was good. And uh, top privateer in the supercross series, we, third place, uh, Indianapolis. Um I think you got seventh in the series, maybe six, but uh, uh, you killed it. You, you did really good. And uh, uh, on, on a bike, on, on me driving a box fan and somehow keeping the bike together and, and you know, and basically on a clown show budget, you know, uh, checks bouncing on us. I remember my pay to, my paychecks would bounce every now and then. And, uh, you know, I remember, um, I remember sitting in Minneapolis. It was super cold. It was in Minneapolis. It was really cold. And, I was thinking to myself, we were eating, we had a propane heater in the back of the box van, and we were eating <laughs> Roman noodles, top Roman noodles. And I remember thinking, this guy is top 10 in the series. And we're huddled around this heater, eating these noodles. And I was just like, this is, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. Yeah, that, that goes to show you right there. We're eating Roman noodles for, for race food. Right, yeah. And, mm. and just sitting there freezing. And you were so miserable at those cold races. And and, and like I said, I'd love to take credit for it, but, man, you were really, really good. And uh, passing factory, I remember Larry Ward, Bashan would get so tired, Renard, and you would just eat him up at the end of the races. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think really, like you said, being in a box stand, everybody else is, you know, getting kind of luxury treatment. I think some of those those lower lower times make you uh, mm-hmm. they make you more hungry and they make you more appreciative and, and – uh, it's just so much more rewarding when you go out and you smoke, you know, guys who have full factory deals and yeah. you're, uh, you're freezing your butt off in a box van. Uh, and then come to outdoors, we went 11, 11, 11, 11, first four motos of the year. And uh, then 
uh, you got a call from Larry Brooks at Chaparral. How'd that happen? You know, I, I really don't know. At that time, I wasn't really getting paid from, from the league anymore. The checks were not even bouncing. They weren't even coming. <laughs> they weren't even showing up. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, so they owed me some money, and uh, I think they still owe me money. And uh, Probably me, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they probably owe everybody. But, uh, yeah, I actually were good guys. They just weren't making any money, bottom line. Right. Uh, they meant well. and uh, But the... Uh, yeah, Larry called and uh, offered me a deal. I guess MC was not doing outdoors, and they thought it would be good to have a teammate for Lammy. And, uh, yeah, it worked out good. We switched over to Yam- from Yamaha to Yamaha, but a little bit better bike, and uh, yeah, instantly pro- my results came up. Yeah, Pro Circuit Motor and uh, Enzo Suspension, as opposed from Nolene. Yeah. And um, I guess it goes Clark Jones Jr. Suspension, I think. You know, I don't know who was doing the suspension now. No, I think maybe Jake was doing the suspension. Oh, yeah, Jake Thompson. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Suspension Jake by Jake. was doing it. And, uh, I remember maybe Clark. You, you first day of testing out of Glen Helen, you almost looped the bike over, you said, many times. It was a much better bike. Yeah, it was a lot better. And, and then in Larry, I remember Larry, he's super intense. He was telling me what he thought. He's like, I think you'll move up four spots or whatever. Yeah. And, dude, he nailed, he nailed it the first weekend. I, I moved up four <laughs> spots. You did. You, you did. You went 6-6. Six, six. You moved up five spots. You went 6-6. Six, six, later uh, was, it was, like, almost spot on what he said. I thought he right. thought I could move up. And, uh, yeah, the rest, was, uh, the rest was history. That was a good year. Uh, except for the deal you made with me with, that your agent, Fred Bramblett, made with Dave Dameron and Brooks for me. I was living on a semi-truck with Byron Barnhart, who hated me. So that was awesome. I, I think Big B actually liked you. I just think that was his personality. He wanted to intimidate you. It worked. It was not a good year for me as far as that goes. But the success well, you I was had, nervous of him, too. I was nervous, mainly, I was nervous to leave anything on the, uh, the counters because he would throw it right in the garbage. He did, yeah. And, uh, so coming from a privateer deal, he would just throw really, really nice water bottles and all kinds of stuff right in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, and then, of course, 99 Summer Cross. Who can forget? I know I know, no one that knows me ever can forget it. Oh, man. I, I, I hear about Summer Cross all the time. So. From, like, fans? From, like, random people? Well, from fans, because they come up to me, and they talk about it because they hear it from you. Right, right. <laughs> I don't think anybody besides maybe me and you really even remember that race. Right. <laughs> um, uh, beating the King in the L.A. Coliseum in front of about 100 people. 200, maybe 300 max. Um, that was a good time, though. What do you remember from that race, though, for real? What do, you remember, do you remember crashing super bad? Oh, my God. The crash the day before was... Right. There's a few things. I can make it real quick. I overjumped one of the biggest triples I've ever jumped in my entire life. <laughs> and uh, I whiskeyed into this, like, 3-5-3 and uh, just stepped off. Biggest get-off I've ever had, probably, and, and been totally fine, or somewhat fine. I remember being on the beach the next morning, uh, watching my friend Garth Surf going, man, I don't know if I'm going to going to this race up there in L.A. Right, right. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm so sore. I don't think I can ride. I changed. And, uh, I changed. I got to go. I need, I need some money. Right. I went up there, and uh, I didn't feel too bad in the race. And, uh, and uh, yeah, the race was going pretty good, and I was going to be stuck on getting second, to be honest with you, and Jeremy fell, and... You, and, uh, you pressured him. I got him. You pressured him into falling. 
Well, I mean, I gave it everything I had. I don't know how much pressure he really felt. Oh, he felt he a lot. Like, oh, he felt a lot. He's never really said anything yet, so. Well, yeah, he seems to, he seems to not really care that much, to be honest. He, he, I don't think he has many sleepless nights over this. But uh, big win. Big win. And think about me. Uh, this was in July, right? Was it July? Yeah, in the middle of summer. Yeah, it was yeah. July. Uh, six months earlier, I was in Germany, freezing my ass off in a workshop, working on bikes in the snow for a guy I hated, and now my rider would just be Jeremy McGrath in the L.A. Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, I guess that, that, that kind of puts the thing in perspective. And, uh, you know, in my side, the beginning of that year, um, I was in a box fan. Right. Uh and then all of a sudden, you know, doing the same thing. So it's almost like we paralleled and we had the same outcome. So it was a what was it was a high. Oh, you also jumped into the uh, into the Olympic swimming pool. That was cool. I did, Brooks. I, I said something to Brooks when we were unloading the truck. I'm going to jump into that pool if Timmy wins, and he made me do it. And I'm scared of heights. I had to scale a fence, go off the top diving board of the Olympic pool. And I remember I had your goggles around my neck. Cause you know you, I don't know why I just had them on my neck, and they ripped into my face when I hit the water, and they like almost broke my nose or something. I remember. And Brooks, of well, course, would not. He would, he, you know, he, he made me do that. I'm like, I'm just kidding. He's like, No, dude, you said it. You got to do it. And I'm like, Ah, oh, shit, because uh, I was scary. I didn't know you went off the top of the diving board. Yeah, yeah, dude. I think I was. I think I was probably drunk from drink, drinking uh, champagne. Uh, what was bigger for you? The, the, in all seriousness, what was bigger for you? Your third place at Indy or that win at Summer Cross? Uh, I think the third at Indy, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, just because there were so many guys. And, and I mean, that was, I think was, was that my first podium in the big class? Yep. And, uh, and to tell you the truth, I wasn't that far behind uh, First and second, from what I remember, yeah, it, was, uh, it was Yogi and, and Huffman. But I don't know who won and who got second. But I think it's Yogi, Yogi and Damon Huffman. I remember Ezra won it. So went up on the podium, and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing up here?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I just heard." He looked at me like, "But his eyes really big." He's like, "Are you serious?" He was so excited. <laughs> what are you doing and here? Exactly <laughs> what he said. What are you doing here? Like he thought maybe I got the like, whole shot award, I guess, or something. I don't know. Right, right. Good effort of the night award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the next, and then the, that summer, you just got better and better. Um, from Mount Morris, you went six six, and I think uh, I think we were pretty much fifth, sixth, seventh the rest of the year. Although at Millville, you were doing good, but you ate shit, you cartwheeled really bad. Uh, I think you got a couple of podiums here and there, but you were starting to figure it out. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that was a good year for me. I mean, I think just uh, you know being on a, on McGrath's team, even though he wasn't racing, he came back for one race, but even yeah. Just being there, um, you know, in that environment, you know, just kind of gave me the confidence. Um, I probably had the ability to do better in Supercross as a privateer. I just didn't really have the confidence or believe in myself, and I kind of needed that boost of a good, solid team. Right, and I think I think uh, and I think Brooks helped you a lot too. I really do. I think uh, yeah, he's kind of scary. Brooks really right. Yeah, Brooks really really helped me a lot, and. Uh, he uh, he, kind of mentored me. I stayed at his house quite a bit. Um, you know, I would come out for testing and stuff, and and sleep on his floor and all right. that kind of stuff. But, uh, <laughs> right. but yeah, he was really good to me. He took me under his wing a lot. He taught me a lot, and yeah, um, yeah I'm very thankful for that actually. Uh, so you re-signed with Chaparral for two thousand. 
Was it a better deal? It was probably a salary then. It was actually a pretty good deal. Yeah, I actually, yeah, had a deal, and I made pretty good, pretty decent salary. And then, uh, um, I got, I guess I got a free truck for the year to drive or something at the uh, Twilly one. Yeah, you did. It was yeah. my truck. Oh, sorry, I knew that was coming up. <laughs> I, uh, I got canned because uh, well, they hired me, and I was supposed to be your mechanic, and everything was good. The super team was going well, and then um, I don't know. Somehow those guys wanted raises, and I believe Damron, Dave Damron, the owner of Chaparral, told those guys, "You can either have no raises, or the new guy's salary will go into your salary for raises, but you're going to lose an extra man, so you're going to have to do the extra work." And they all just threw me off the boat. They threw me off the island. So, <laughs> and then they gave me a trolley yeah. Mazda truck for a while, and then they said, "Hey, give the keys to Timmy. You're out of here." Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, that was probably, I really probably should have, you know, just by coming from the year, the few years I had, I was almost afraid to, like, really stand my ground too much. I didn't know how much power I really had. Yeah, definitely, and, uh, it definitely bummed me out, but I understood that you were just happy to be there, too. But I was always like, why didn't the guy, why didn't the guy try to keep me? <laughs> I guess I was kind of thinking, I, I looking back, I was on, on McGrath's team, and he was a king at the time, and, uh, Weissy still is a king. Yeah. But uh, that's a whole other subject we don't want to go into. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, so I was thinking, well, dude, he's gonna, they're not going to listen to anything I say. McGrath rides on this team. He owns this thing. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I was, a little, I was a little bit nervous to say boo at the time. I was, you know, kind of young and yeah. just happy to have a ride, I guess. It's okay, dude. I went to KTM, won a national with Kelly Smith, so suck it. Yeah, and my bike broke the first uh, first Supercross. So, oh, that's right. What happened? Uh, chain? No. Yeah, something in the carburetor came out, and the throttle stuck. Oh yeah, yeah. Ouch. Only only half throttle though. wasn't too bad. Um, yeah, Jerry Campbell was your mechanic. I don't know. Was it his fault or I don't even know. No, they had some parts in the in the carb that were added on pieces that were actually were really good performance, and I think the. The the bond they had on it came loose or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was uh, the bike was really good though, and actually Jerry was uh, Jerry was actually a really good mechanic too. So All right. yeah, chicken working chicken. Um, yeah, he worked for chicken. I mean, how could he not be good? Right, and you did pretty well, except uh, St. Louis Supercross comes. You want? Yeah, talk- what happened? You want to talk about St. Louis, Timmy? That <laughs> uh, where I did. This- no foot can can. Yeah, that's that's St. Louis practice. They had a big double jump before the start straight, and press day or practice. I don't remember. You you, you did a can can, couldn't get back on your bike and broke your thumb. Yeah, I don't man. That was the coolest. Like the takeoff was almost the same size as the landing. I know. And it's a really cool jump, and I can do them all day long. But when I was coming back, I hit my heel on the seat, and the bike kind of kicked out. <laughs> I just destroyed my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Brooks was not happy with you, by the way. <laughs> I got up and I rode two of my fastest laps. I had my faster laps just after that. And I came I came in and uh, I hurt. I separated my sternum. And so I came in and I went up in the top. I went straight up in the top of the semi. <laughs> I told Big B, man, I got to go to the hospital. And he was laughing at me. He's like, dude, that was awesome. <laughs> and uh, you might know, dude, I have to go straight to the hospital right now. <laughs> He's like, dude, you're me. I'm, no, I'm leaving. <laughs> and I did. I was right, too. I was messed up. Well, and also, too, Brooks would have messed you up, too. You needed to go hospital anyways, either way. 
Yeah, and when I, I when I look back on it, it was stupid, and um, but they were actually they were actually pretty cool. But I actually flew straight from there to California. Brooks took me to his doctor Murphy down in in uh, San Diego, and he, he looked after me. He did everything he could to get me back healthy quick as possible. So, um, as as much as they might have been bummed, they had McGrath to really worry about. I was kind of you know yeah. I was their backup. Um, what was it like being a, a teammate with MC? How was it? Man, I I, I love it. He was uh, he was really good. Um, he was the best, and. Uh, to see so much, and looking at the next few years, how well they went, I obviously probably learned. Yeah. Yeah, MC was super cool. He was uh, so down to earth. Um, he helped me out a lot. It was, you know, I didn't feel like I was sitting next to the number one guy. Like, I just felt like right. I was sitting next to just another dude, so. Right. Um, yeah, and I was, I, was, uh, I was stoked to be his teammate, and, and uh he really helped me out as much just just watching what he did. I mean, mm-hmm. the way he carried him, the way he talked to the fans, you know, the way people, they, they they took him in like they just, they loved him. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So I got to see the interaction part of that, and I think that kind of, you know, also too helped me, you know, be better with the, with the fans. There was, I still maintain to this day that, that I've never heard, like, Minneapolis or Indianapolis, those domes, I've never heard louder domes than when MC was in those places and winning. Like it was just, I mean, RC had his his, his fans, but uh, you know, and all these guys now do. But I, I swear to people that, and maybe this is the old age kicking in, but when MC was at the peak of his powers, man, it, it was insane. It was just nuts. Yeah, it was. I mean, he was he was he was a rock star. Um, Pretty much. Yeah, he was. He was quite a bit better than everybody else. You know, I know some other guys, Ezra won some, but right. he was charismatic, and people just, they, they took to him. I mean, he had, everybody at the Supercross was a fan of Jeremy. There was hardly ever anybody that didn't really like him, so. Except Atlanta. Uh, Except when he went to Atlanta. That was about it. Well, yeah, that was, that was Yogi's. Right, uh, right. home too. Um, but I think, actually, he won a lot there at Atlanta, didn't he, MC? Uh, yeah, probably. He won everywhere. Um, but, uh, so the end of the season comes, Yamaha approaches you to ride the, the four stroke. Do you have any other offers? Did you, are you, were you going to stay at Chaparral? Were you thinking about it or was it a no brainer to go on the four stroke or did the, I mean, the four stroke and Henry did well on it, Button did all ride on it, but, uh, did you have some concerns? Yeah, I was, I, I had some concerns. It wasn't a no brainer. Uh, I was happy where I was at and I, I think that they were, Two stroke wise, going to give me. Uh, they were going to give me better, uh, better equipment. So if I stayed at Chaparral, but just being, you know, Fred, my major at the time, you know, was pushing me more towards being just straight on a full factory deal. Right. And um, because the year before I was, you know, I still didn't have a factory bike when I was at Chaparral. I had a good bike. I didn't have a factory bike. Right. And um, but this was the opportunity to be on a full factory team. So. I thought going and riding the four-stroke was a disadvantage um, in a way a little bit. It was just more that being on a factory team is why I went and did it. Right. Um, and what did you think of the bike the first time you rode it? Where were you the first time you rode the four-stroke, and how? what did you think? I went one time to Lake Elsinore um, and rode the outdoor track, and then I think I went straight the next day um, to the Supercross track. And the first thing I thought when I got on the Supercross track is, 
I made a big, big mistake. <laughs> Where's the contract? I mean, there was there was some jump on, jumps off, and if you when you went to go jump on, you you back off and you're in the air, obviously. Right. And I kept backing off, and the thing was nosing down, and then I would go to take off the top of it, and I would jump off, and if I just barely off the gas, the front end would just die really bad, mm-hmm. and um, it just felt so heavy in the front end. Right. And. Uh, yeah, they made a few changes pretty quickly within the first few days, heavier flywheel and some stuff, and it really helped out a lot. Yeah. But it was a big, heavy bike. Looking um, back on it now, compared, it. compared to the bikes now, that thing's a turd. Dude, I would never take that thing on a supercross track right now. <laughs> I know. People don't understand. I, would, like, I, would, I wouldn't let anybody, even my own enemy, go on a supercross track on that thing now. Right, right. But... Um, yeah, the bikes nowadays, they're, I mean, they're light years better than that. Constant feathering of the throttle, right? You, it, hiccuping, uh, just the, uh, the, the landings just didn't do well with, with, a with a, uh, diaphragm and, uh, a four stroke and sucking get air and, and gas in. It just, just, just wasn't good for a super cross track. No, it wasn't good. And they would send, they would send me a bike that worked perfect out here in California. It would come to Florida and I couldn't even get the thing to run. Right. And, uh, you have to fly a mechanic all the way, my mechanic BK, all the way from California. After I already spent two days trying to jet this thing, yeah. you have to fly him out. It took him almost all day just to jet it. So there was, and it was a lot of uh, hangups. But uh, at the same time, I think maybe I was ahead of the curve. But you know, two or three, two yeah. or three years later. Well, outdoors, I think uh, it helped you be a better outdoor rider, no doubt. Yeah, I loved it outdoors, and uh, I did really, really well on it. It was, uh, I think, it made me super strong and fit too. Right. Because it was so powerful. Um, so then when the bikes got better, I was actually, you know, stronger maybe than the rest of the guys, you know, per se, for what I was working with. So, um, but yeah, I got a lot of hole shots. I started in third gear a lot in that bike. Um, it really helped my hole shots out. Obviously, they weren't ever really stellar um, until I really got on that four-stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, third overall outdoors and six in Supercross. How'd you get sixth on that thing? I don't know. I didn't realize that. That was pretty good. Not bad, right? Um, I, would, I would have not thought I would have got six on that. O two outdoors. Uh, again, you go into outdoors. Oh wait, O two second race of the year, Phoenix. Your carburetor falls off, and you go in the ICU. Yeah, I got hurt. That wasn't a good deal. That was not um, good. No, we had we had some issues with that. Um, but uh, yeah, so I had to take a, a week off. A week off, and then came back and raced the next week and. I don't know. It was kind of, I was kind of a wreck there for a while. And then uh, I was riding it really, really well in Supercross, you know, too. You were. A lot better than a, yeah, a lot better than a one. Uh, the bike just had, I was trying to ride it, you know, like a two-stroke. And right. you, to, you know, you had to almost wait on it a lot of times. Otherwise, it would hesitate. Mm-hmm. So when I would jump on the tabletops and then go to gas off of them, I almost had to let this, the bike land roll a little bit and then gas it off. I couldn't just jump on with a throttle on it, which is bog. So um, I was just trying to push rushing it. Uh, the, uh, it, like you said, it made you a, probably a fitter rider trying to muscle that thing around for 20 laps though, right? I mean, it, in a sense, it helped that way. Yeah, it, def- it definitely did. I, um, yeah, that thing was a beast. I don't know how much it weighed, but it was pretty heavy. It had oil in the frame. Yeah. Yeah. No, they actually took the oil out of the frame, I think. Maybe. Stock they did, yeah. They had oil in the frame. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, 02 Outdoors, though, you started beating Carmichael a little bit. 
Unadilla, Troy. That was no, a, that was that was a one. Was yeah. that a one? Yeah, a one. I beat him a few times in some motos and uh, straight up too, which yeah. was kind of cool. Yep. Um, you know, he, he was so dominant at that time to beat you know to beat him. Yeah. I think Kelly maybe had done it. Maybe there was a few guys maybe done it here and there. So um, I was I was making a lot of progress really fast. Um, and and the bike was getting better too, a little bit. They, they, yeah, O two was a little bit better, and then um, I think O two actually rode really well. I think that was when Carmichael had that perfect season, and uh, but I was I felt like I was riding, you know, I was on point. I was riding about as good as I could. So, all right, you right. uh, were just a little bit better. O two, you get selected for the Des Nations team, but uh, gets canceled, and then the World Cup shows up. And that's my first race with you was at the World Cup. Yeah. Um, so kind of a bummer. You get selected for the designations team, and then it doesn't happen. Yeah, that was kind of a bummer. I was always a lifetime goal of mine as a little kid, you know, mm-hmm. wanted to be selected for, you know, for that. So um, I sometimes, sometimes put, I, I feel like a little odd sometimes I put certain championships or, you know, races on a higher pedestal than others. They know what other people do, but. To me, motocross nations was yeah was um, was more special. I'm, I think I'm remembered more for those moments than I am some of my racing career. Well, I remember working for you in '99. You told me a few times, man, riding for uh, those nations would be the ultimate. That'd be the best thing ever. Like you know what I mean? Like even in '99, you were like thinking of that and thinking how awesome that would be. So I know that it was always a dream of yours, no doubt. Um, yeah. did your was your Yamaha deal up after '02? Or how many years did you sign for? Yeah, I think in uh, at the end of one, I think I signed for o two o three. You had a one year um, deal. You had, you had a one year deal. I had a one year deal in o one, and then uh, which I was glad because I think my money like I did so well, my money almost like tripled. Right. Uh, so o two o three, I had uh, I had really good deals. In o three, they came out with the four fifty first year. Yeah, the the four fifty, and that's when I st- and for as much as I was bummed at you for not getting me at Chaparral when your mechanic BK left Yamaha, I was told many times by Jimmy Perry that you were the only reason I was there. They did not <laughs> <laughs> they did not want to hire me, but you insisted on them hiring me back at Factory Yamaha for 03, 04, and 05. Yeah, and I thought I was doing you a favor. So Um, you were. No, you did. In the I, end, I, I guess I was in a, I guess I was in a way, but um, Jimmy Perry was Jimmy Perry was hard on you. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. He was hard on everybody. Um, 03 comes, and uh, now I'm working for you, and you start off the year pretty good. Um, but then, was it 03 when you – no, yeah, you finished the whole season. You got fourth in uh, – I had like a – I had chronic fatigue or something in 03. Yeah, did you miss a couple of races or something? Yeah, you missed a couple of Supercross races, I think. Um, 04, but 03 – you, how'd you get riding a two-stroke in 04? Um, what happened there? Yeah, when 03, I raced a two-stroke one race, and then... Uh, oh, okay, yeah, our carburetor fell off again at the test track. And then, yeah, you, so were, then the, you were freaked yeah, out. I did, we built a two-stroke yeah, for did, you. right? Yeah, and I did really well in, in, in 03, so I had some bargaining power finally. And uh, so I, I had to ride a two-stroke. And that, the, I mean, the Yamaha's two-stroke then was just unbelievable. It was good. Uh, yeah. yeah, the 04 bike, the 05 bike. I like the 04 better than I did the 05 bike. Um, I like the steel frame better. Um, 
So. So okay, so oh uh, four oh three. Let's talk. Let, we're we're jumping ahead a bit, but oh two, you you uh, you resign for oh three. That's when Chad makes his debut on the team. Villeman, you and Chad, really good team, and uh, three pretty fast guys. But sort of you and Chad butt heads near the end of Supercross season. Yeah, what? I think yeah, we, I think with an oh three, we started butting heads a little bit, and then. Uh, in 04, we kind of were on our own, our separate deals. Yeah, that was awesome and, uh, for all of us and the team that we had to, each guy had to test different days and things like that. That was great. That was that wasn't my doing though. What? Uh, why did you? Why did you and Chad, who you guys developed a friendship in 02 when he was at Yamaha Troy and you shared the same agent? Why did you guys butt heads? What happened there? What was the deal? Like during the week, you felt like he was maybe disrespecting your property. Uh, and then, of course, you were probably looking back on it. You were probably pissed that he was winning or beating you, anyways. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody kind of always thought that I was that I was jealous. I think that's what they kind of thought. I was a little jealous that he was doing it. I kind of took it as a that he was doing it more as a as a compliment, dude. I was giving it everything, right? And <laughs> if I get beat, I get beat. I'm not a baby, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll make an excuse or whatever. If you're just better, you're better. But. uh I think people thought that I was jealous. I was actually proud that he was doing that well because he first came to my house that summer and, right. and he really, man, he started excelling. So, um, you know, he was gonna do, he was gonna go good anyways. But right. um, yeah, Chad was just he was like super like um, arrogant at times, and uh, and I was kind of more more humbled yeah. then. Yeah. Well, he was. He roosted me. He's tw- he roosted me one time, and he did a few things that I was kind of like. Kind of had to just stand my ground, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, also, too, I mean, he's 21, 20. He's now winning, getting shit tons of money coming in. You know, it affects anybody. Whereas you're like the older guy. You're like, you've been there, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't think, dude, honestly, I think it was, I wasn't even, we didn't ever really even have too many words, but here and there a few times, but we always squashed it. It was always like we were, we were battling for a minute, and then it was over, so. Well, there was, uh, there, and that's, that's competition, you know. There was the burnout in the garage, that was not good. Yeah, I think I was. You know, that that even wasn't his. He was the bike had right, jumped the, in to right. But, the bike broke, well, but just, <laughs> little stuff like that, but no big deal. Um, 04 comes, and uh, oh, Anaheim one comes, and the team sweeps. Chad wins. You get third or sec. I don't remember who got second or third. Um. But the, and and then the next round comes Phoenix. You set the fastest time in both practices over Carmichael and everybody, Chad, everybody, and you're killing it. I remember going to your house, going to your house before the season started to work with you for a little bit, and you were doing three twenty laps, three twenty lappers, no problem, and hauling ass at it. And Matt, you were on a two stroke, so somehow you got Yamaha to agree to, for you to ride a two stroke indoors, and yeah. you were. You were riding really well. The Phoenix comes, you get fifth that night. I don't remember a bad start or something. And then the next race, you fall and break your wrist. And that's the beginning. Yeah. That's the beginning of a of a long downfall. Yeah, the, what happened was I I really did have, I had a good off season. You uh, come off a good out. 03 outdoor season was good. So I was really strong. And I, the 04 250 Q stroke was was awesome. And. uh I was just solid. Our bikes were good. All three riders in that team were, were solid. And uh, I got, I think, third at the first race, all three, podi- uh, all three uh, 
namaz, and then uh, fast the flat time the next weekend I can practice. I ended up getting a fifth in the main, kind of bad start, and then the next weekend is when I I uh, dislocated my wrist, basically, and and uh, I was pretty much up and down for the next couple of years. My wrist was shot. Well, uh, and now years later, I never really did ask you about this, but did you, did they, said someone not diagnosis, like why did you keep trying to ride? You were, you would come back, we were changing bar bends and you were struggling and you weren't the same guy and you would miss two or three. Was it misdiagnosis? Were you, should you have just stopped right away and got surgery on it? Like why, why the stops and starts? Well, actually I, I only came back and, well, I actually never even tried to ride. I tried to ride at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually, I went and had a surgery. Um, so I had a, I had a surgery that ends in it and all that stuff. Come to find out the the injury that I had, you just, you just don't fix. And, uh, the local ligaments are gone and you realize all those little bones, they're gone. Uh-huh. Uh, um, so, so it affected you pretty much all of 04 and all of 05. Yeah, I. I tried to come back. I tried to come back for national in '04. My wrist wouldn't bend. I couldn't ride. So I took some time off, yep. and then uh, I was riding pretty good in the off season of '05, going into '05. Yep. And uh, I hurt my wrist on that mud race, and uh, yeah, McGrath and, uh, McGrath landed on you, or came close to landing on you, right? At the mud, the opener I round. I think I think he didn't uh, he didn't jump the finish line jump, and I hucked it, and I just instead of landing on him, I sacrificed myself. And I just kept pulling up, pulling up. I think I looped out and I hurt my wrist again. And then same, um, same problem. Like you, like you, you got it fixed apparently. But then was it the same issue? Well, yeah, the, lig- the ligaments were gone, and they just the thing wasn't ever going to be good until I got it fused. So, right. but I didn't, I didn't know that I needed to go get it fused. So I just kept trying to, yeah. you know, tough it out. So I had, uh, had two two failed surgeries. Looking back on it, when you crash Anaheim 04, you should have got it fused right away. Um, like, yeah, no, right before I got surgery, so. No, but it didn't work. No, it didn't work. It sucked. Yeah. Painful, too. Okay. And you had, enough, you had another one, right? Two two more? Or just one more? I had one more, and I didn't have the final fusion until, like, uh, July of 05. Yep. It's that time again. Time for a commercial. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the BTO Sports dot com racer x podcast show listen to these commercials from btosports.com use the code steve and jt racing thank you jt racing for coming on board listen to these commercials support the sponsors and yeah then we'll get back to the show thanks for listening to the btosports.com podcast show please don't forget that bto is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike our body You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. 
JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. Okay, so, um, yeah, because that year, 05, you, you know, you're trying to ride, and you're basically barely getting into the main events. You're like a 10th, 12th place guy. Like, I'm looking at you going, what is going on with this guy? Like, what, you know, you, and I remember you weren't, I'd say, how's your wrist? And you're like, it's fine. And I'm like, really? So you just suck that bad? Like, and it was a little source of tension, I think, with us and with you and with Yamaha, because you were appearing to look normal, but you weren't riding the same. No, I wasn't. I kept telling everybody, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And, you know, a lot of times you can ride through injuries and be fine. And uh, this is just one that I can't, I couldn't ride through. I don't think anybody really could. So, right. Um, I kept, you got to think of it. So, I tell myself that, but eventually, uh, <laughs> yes, eventually in July, yes, yeah, so, uh, so, I just, and so, yeah, that summer you tried, you hurt your knee also. You blew out the meniscus in your knee outdoors, 05. Yeah, I blew out the meniscus in my knee, and then uh, I had a surgery to fix that. And then I tried to ride again, and I crashed it, hurt my knee again. Uh, uh, my knee and my wrist fixed all at the same time, pretty much. Yeah, you didn't even come, you, this was at home. This was during the week. Yeah, I was during the week at home. I just, I pretty much quit. I told my wife, I said, man. Yep. I walked in the house. I'm like, I'm done. Was this the day? Yeah, was JT was there? You left your bike in the pond at your house or something? Yeah, JT, Chad, and uh, so me and Chad were buds. Come on. Wow, uh, you guys Chad were so hot there. and cold, man. You were so hot and cold. I mean, come on. We're, got, we're, we're competitive guys. I know. I know. Uh, we all laugh at this now, of course, because we're older and stuff. But thanks to you now, I can, can't be friends with Carmichael anymore because he didn't like me because of you. I, yeah, that's. That's a, <laughs> I, that, didn't, that didn't make any sense either, but, um, yeah. but anyways, okay, so JT says, yeah, you crashed, you were laying there, you got up, you walked into the house, left your bike there, and he was like, oh, I guess Timmy's done. <laughs> yeah, I went in the house with my gear on, and I, I said, I quit. So, and I, that was the word that I said, I said, I quit. You quit, yeah. And, uh. I just I had, I had enough. The two years were just brutal, pain, you know, pain-wise, right. frustration. I just I hated motorcycles at that time. I really, really hated actually riding. So if, if I was in uh, the me- if I was in the media back then, I would have been this guy is done. There is no coming back from this guy. Whatever happened, I would have thought, and I that's why I wanted to quit. I was like, man, I can't do this no more. So uh, my my trainer Dean at the time, he uh, he convinced me to to calm down with that. And, uh, you know, with my thoughts. Yeah. And uh, he really wanted me to take some time to get healthy. He never understood why motocross guys come back from injuries so fast. Right. Uh, just never made any sense to him. And and uh, now I kind of look back on, yeah, that was kind of stupid. A lot of times it came back way too fast. So yeah, no, he convinced me to go, go get it all fixed and, uh, and get healed and healthy, get back to my old self. He's like, dude, if you want to quit up for the next year, just quit. But... You don't want to ever quit on a. I don't want you to ever quit on a 
on a bad note. Yeah. Because you're going to look back on this going, man, i got to do the right thing the rest of my life. So, um, so yeah, I, uh, so I, I toughed it out another year. Got, I got healthy and uh, you, I had a good year. Where'd you, how'd you find the dude in Wyoming that finally fixed your wrist by fusing it? Yeah, I had a partial, uh, partial fusion of it. And, uh, you know, dude, a lot, I went to five different doctors. I went to Dr. King. I went to Louisville, Kentucky. I went to guys in Florida. I went to, I finally found a guy in Wyoming. Uh-huh. And, uh, the guy was like eating a sandwich on his lunch break. <laughs> and he just like warms a lot. He's like, yeah, I can fix it. You can race again. You'll be fine. And you were and, just uh, like, where were you two years ago? Where were you two years ago? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm like, let's do it. So I actually flew home and, uh, I got my knee down the next week and then I was home for like 10 days and I flew back out and got my wrist done. So, um, and I was on a mission just to get healthy. When you started riding after that last wrist surgery, were you like, oh shit, like this is better I'm good? I mean, was it like... Well, it was still pretty sore. It took me about six months for it to really kind of get, you know, yeah. where I wasn't thinking about it. But, and, hey, uh, but in the meantime, Yamaha dropped you. I mean, you were done. Yeah, I was done. You know, they were going to offer me a ride through, uh, what, was, what was Lindsay's team at the time? Uh, Motor World? Yeah, mo- they were going to offer me a ride through Motor World, uh, but they really needed somebody that was that was healthy. I, dude, I totally understood. So Yeah, you were four- um, 14th in 250 motocross points in 04, 22nd in the Supercross points, 23rd in the outdoor points in 05, and 12th in 05 Supercross points. So, yeah, it was it was not looking good, Red Dog. No, my results were terrible. And, you know, I was, what, late late 20s? So, yeah, was the time. I was time for a way to retire. So. Absol- I mean, absolutely. Like, most people and myself were like, I don't know if he's going to ever race again. That might be it, you know? Um, so, you got how did Triple X ride come about? You just had nothing and Alan Brown was there? <laughs> I mean, you were like, hey, I'm going to give it one more shot? Yeah, I don't remember how Alan, we did, I got contact with Alan, but Alan was... Uh, Probably through me at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might have been through you. And uh, so it was, uh, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. He uh, he called and offered me a, offered me a deal, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, hey, this, I can't give you a lot of money, but uh, I can offer you a good bike that I know you'll get good starts on, and they'll be reliable. And... Uh, he did everything he said he was going to do for me, and uh, he didn't overpromise. And uh, mm-hmm. he, he was good. He was kind of he kind of mentored me a little bit, kind of like uh, you know Larry Brooks did at Chaparral. So right, um, Alan, Alan was super good to me. But at first round yeah. 06, I'm now in the media. I'm I'm left Yamaha. First round 06 Anaheim, you pull the whole shot in the heat or in the main? No heat. It was in the heat, yeah. Yeah, you pull the whole shot in the heat, you come into the whoops, you set your front end down, and just cartwheel. And as you yeah, as you rode off, I'm like, is this it? Is this the last time I'm ever going to see Tim Ferry ride? Like, it seemed like uh, a disaster. Yeah, it really did, yeah. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, I got to go. <laughs> and uh, the whoops are really big, and uh, nobody was hardly blitzing them. I'm like, I got to blitz them. Yeah. And uh, they, were, they just made me up. So, um, yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of painful. The 06 Honda 450 that you were on was probably better than your factory Yamaha bike, so 450 wise. Uh, I don't know, man. It was it was pretty good. I liked it. Um, I rode a JT's 05 Honda. Right. I like I liked it better than I liked the 06. They did they did something to the frame or something in 06 with the Honda 450. Right. It wasn't quite as good as I was hoping, but 
that was just a year, man. I was just I didn't do anything stellar. I was getting a lot of top tens. Yeah. And uh, evening, I was always out there racing every weekend, being consistent. You really were. You you weren't. You didn't have your flashes of your podium speed back, but you got better as the season went on. And a big part of it was. Didn't you buy us some suspension from Bones and, and, and start hand-carrying your stuff because you weren't happy with the suspension? Because I seem to remember that was a big deal. You got comfy on that bike, and, and, and it, results got better. Yeah, yeah. I got some kit suspension, and, um, yeah, I hand-carried it back and forth between the races. And uh, I think I went about five races. I got four or five races and practiced during the week without changing the oil because uh, – they didn't want me to, uh, but they didn't want me to uh, take the stuff apart, which I don't blame them. Right, and uh, you know, it was still better than than you know being off of you know out of a set of suspension for a week or two. Yeah, uh, you missed the opening. So, yeah. did, did you miss the opening races of '06? Looks like you did. Oh uh, yeah, I had compartment syndrome in my leg. Oh, that's right. You and, crashed uh, while. Oh yeah, you crashed while testing. Honda was maybe going to fill you, put you as a fill-in, right? They were looking for a guy. No, they were just kind of helping me out. They were like, hey, you're doing really good in Supercross. Come out for our test days. You can ride with me, ride, and that kind of stuff. So, Right, right. And um, then, yeah. And I mean, like, high on high sided and landed on my, my thigh really bad. I didn't break the femur, but I like apartment syndrome, so they cut it open. So yeah. I missed, yeah, I missed the first couple outdoors. Um, yeah, Angie and, and I then, Angie and I were going to visit you in the hospital because you were there in Orange County for like four days or something, right? Four or five days. No, I was in there for, yeah, almost a week, so. Yeah. But your results outdoors six six five six five fourteen where your carb fell off again five eight ten so pretty pretty good yeah I did really good that year and I, I kind of heard that um, Callie was was looking at me uh-huh. and uh, I think I was beating Michael Byrne at the time quite a bit he was on Factory Callie and uh, the uh, so. They kept saying I had a ride. Like, Pitch is like, yeah, he's got a ride. Yeah, with Fred or Sharon. And uh, <laughs> I'm all, and I, the contract wasn't coming. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even ask what the contract amount was. <laughs> it did, it, and, it uh, didn't matter. My, my agent, yeah, Fred's just like, he said, you'll take the ride. And, uh, is it, you know, Kelly had a good bike and, and Stewart on the team, so it was going to be a good spot for me. So yeah, I were- signed the contract at Glen Helen at the last Nationals. And uh, that week I started riding, uh, you know, riding Cowies. I didn't know. When I, when I looked at the contract, I looked at it, saw the dollar figure, and just signed it. So it was more than I was expecting to get. Yeah, yeah. How much was it? Do you, do, what was it? 300 Um, I think it was 150 maybe, 175 or 150 yeah, Okay, yeah, yeah. But whatever it was, it was, it was awesome. And it was a lot better. Well, Alan's deal was just basically travel expenses, so. Right. Yeah, didn't uh, you, didn't you get like uh, thirty grand from O'Neill, but then like your insurance for the year was thirty grand or something? I think you told me. Something yeah, like, yeah, so. yeah. Disability is like thirty something grand for me. So right, um, the wash. <laughs> and then you had to buy suspension at some point, and because you know, because you know, Mitch ain't floating that for free to you. Um, well, I bought, I bought everything. Um, um, I bought the kit suspension and. And uh, in '06, so you were uh, you were back. You lost a factory ride. You got one back, which never happens. You lost another factory ride, and you got it back again. It's it's unheard of. 
Yeah, I was I was really sh- shocked that you know Fisher was that interested in me. From from what I kept hearing is I guess Ron Machines, uh, his dad um, had always talked highly of me because um, I think actually because he told me that I stayed with RRP when I was getting offered these like semi satellite team rides. But I stayed I stayed loyal to to RRP and I used Maxima stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, Josh Fisher really really liked that, and then. Uh, also, uh, I think Mitch Payton was also uh, in Mike's ear, too, um, about me because obviously I had his stuff. So, um, well, so there was a few guys that were going to bat for me, and, uh, and Mike knew I was a good test rider coming from a test rider background, so it all matched up. Also, too, uh, I believe Burns, Burns' agent wanted more money. They were like, uh, at, I don't know what point it was, but they Burn wanted a raise, and they said, you have seven days or whatever. And he's not getting a raise, and they said too bad, and that was it. They 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 closed the book on that and started looking for guys, you know, like, and 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 Byrne had to go to Suzuki, so it's kind of all worked into your favor. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, I think he turned the ride down or something. Right. Uh, I wanted more money, and, and here I was. I guess I was beating him, yeah. you know, some of the time. Well, I'm on a lesser bike, and uh, I was willing to ride for whatever they were going to put in the plant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and what do you uh, you had a good year that year 07 um, yeah it was, my, it was my best year uh, Supercross ever yep third overall uh, yeah third overall um, tons, tons of podiums and uh, dude, that was just that was I mean it was an easy year the bike was good um, but yeah I don't know I what was it the like the bike was just the bike was awesome that year. Yeah. What about what about being teammates with Stewie? Kind of like being teammates with McGrath a little bit in the sense of a rock star, huh? Of the biggest guy in the sport. I, I got along good with Stewie. Uh, I knew him a little bit, and uh, right. I got along with him good, and uh, there was no issues. I just meshed well, really well with the Cali guys. Yeah. I had a kid. Uh, a lot of them had kids and stuff, so. Um, it was, just, it was a good environment for me. I wasn't afraid to stay at the test track all day testing for them. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted the bike to be good because I, I wanted to do good. And, and I can't stand to uh, – I can't stand when the bike doesn't work good. So uh, you know, I'll stay out there all day. You know, we, we talked about uh, you buying those forks and, and your performance getting better and you working on the Cowie. And I always – you know, I always think that all you riders are just kooks. And you are. You're, you're all kooks. Except I tell people this all the time, like – you would you would tell me as a as a rider, hey, you know you need me you need to move these forks up two millimeters, and I'd be like, come on, dude. Sure enough, your times would get better, or you would say, hey, where's the forks? The forks feel off, and they would be off. I would screw them up from last week's setting. Um, you would you bought suspension, you made the bike comfy, and your performance has improved. I always think to myself, like whenever I hear about these guys making changes, and and you shake your head because you're like. A lot of times it's with just with the rider, no matter what. But there, with you, I felt many, many times if you got the bike right, you got faster. <laughs> you were just were picky. You just were maybe not picky, but you just knew a good bike when you had one. Yeah, it was, there is, I think there is some riders that are they're a little wacky when it comes to setup. But I think if if the teams really listen to the riders a little bit more. Um, and not be closed-minded, mm-hmm. I think they get a lot further. I think riders know 
what feels good. Right. Um, you were a good tester. You were a good <laughs> test rider. Yeah, I like I like testing. I tell you the truth, I told Kelly, uh, told Kaipo a few times, I said, hey, "Dude, you pay me the same amount of money, I'll probably just test for you. I won't even race." <laughs> so, um, I didn't mind testing. I don't for whatever reason I didn't mind it. Right. And I remember at Yamaha, you'd be like, "Hey, Bob, you know Bob Oliver, our motor guy." You're like, "I want to come out of this section, and I want to, I want to, I want to pin it on a two-stroke, and I want the power to end just enough to get me over." Whatever obstacle it was, so I know how much my I know how much to turn my hand to clear certain jumps. And I, I remember thinking, this guy, this guy's an idiot. Not an idiot, but I was like, what's what's he talking about? But you were such a good tester that you were like, I want to know that if my hand's at three o'clock, I'm gonna go this far. If my hand's at six o'clock, I'm gonna go this far. You know? Yeah, my main thing is on two shots. I wanted to go almost wide open and make all the rhythm sections. That way I didn't have to worry about timing them. Right, right. And, uh, you know, the four strokes, you know, you can, now you jump so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, at the, t- yeah, at the time it was, uh, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to almost be tapped <laughs> so that I didn't over jump it. So, right. um, very, and you were very front, front end specific, 90, 80 tires, uh, fork height, set height, bars, very much dr- rode with the front end, I felt. Yeah, I rode over the front a lot. I, still, I think I still do ride over the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a riding style of mine. And, but, yeah, there's some riders. I mean, they can, they can ride anything well. And I just I wasn't one of those guys that had to have a good bike set up. Yeah. Uh, or did not perform. And, and, uh, and the funny thing is, is when you did get a bike set up, you performed. So as a team member, you could always go, well... We gave him what he wanted, and he stepped it up in lap times or in results or whatever, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was always confident in what I, you know, what I did, and, and I didn't go on lap times. I, I never did the whole stopwatch thing because yeah. we, I went on if I was comfortable, if the bike was balanced. Uh, balance was a huge thing with me, and uh, so I, I, never, I never went off the lap times because the track changes, you know, yeah. within 30 minutes. A totally different track, so right. Um, so that was just my philosophy. Um, couple good years at Cowie, and then of course, uh, 09 comes, and you struggle with the bike a little bit. They change the frame, they change some things around, and you kind of you kind of struggled a bit uh, that year, but even before your crash at Daytona. Uh, looking back on it, how much was the bike? How much was it was you? Do you think just a case of you know you're getting older and there's faster guys in the class? Well, I, okay. uh, I played really a lot more to the bike, and mm-hmm. when I'm not I'm not on, I'll admit I'm not on. I wasn't you know, yeah. prepared, but right. <clears throat> just I was more prepared in 09 than I was in 07, 08, and uh, the only thing that changed was was the bike. And uh, they went to EFI and a different uh, different swing arm pivot and all that kind of stuff. So right. uh, I just never was comfortable. No, never you, felt like like my old self, and uh, never you never got a podium. A yeah, you never never even made the podium in, in Supercross at all, which was very strange. You know, coming off the years you were, yeah, having. yeah, it was really weird. So I uh, just didn't mesh well with it, and uh, it was very very fresh. I was getting ninths and eights and tenths, and yeah, I just couldn't. I kept going, man, what is wrong with with me? But there wasn't nothing wrong with me. I was healthy. It was nothing wrong. So and then you would go back. I mean. You tested a ton with Cowie, I remember. You were always in California. You're like, I got to get this thing figured out. Yeah, my deal too with Cowie, I don't, 
they don't mind me saying it, but my deal was um, I, when I come testing, it was all on my on my dime. So yeah. um, I had to pay for everything I would come testing. It was just the way I had my contract worked out. So right. Uh, I, I blew a lot of extra money being out there testing. Um, hey, in 08, when James swept the outdoors, you got second, but uh, how frustrating was it at times? I mean, w- w- or was it? Was it? I mean, the guy was just gone. Um, yeah, it, it really wasn't that frustrating for me because I was quite a bit older, and, and I honestly felt like I was riding really well. I, I wanted to win, for sure, but I just wasn't on Stewie's level, period, so... <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think at that time nobody was hardly on his level. Yeah, <clears throat> when he was when he was on in '08. So, um, no, I, I was I was proud of '08. To be honest with you, it was a good year. We won yeah. motocross the nations. Um, actually, '07 and '08. Yeah, and um, what the bikes were good. Let's talk about the, your destinations rides a little bit. '03 um, Zolder, you and I. Uh, not good. Uh, there's a feature in the new Racer X coming out about it, and uh, not a good day. Um, crashed, bent your thumb back, crashed many times. Um, kind of soured you a little bit on it, I guess, huh? I, you know, yeah, I was only soured because uh, the, the, there was no support from US from the team, like the yeah. USA, you know, the manufacturers, the teams. Yeah, we we were on our own. So um, <clears throat> I said I'd never go back after Zolder. And uh, I'm so I'm, I'm so glad that people convinced me differently because a lot changed from '03 to the next time I was selected in '07, and uh, and just the the morale. You know, we had our own compound in yeah. '07 and '08. We had our own do we had our own security guard. It was I don't know. It was yeah. uh, a lot different. '07 and '08. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot different. But yeah, I was pissed when we were in, over, there, over there in '03. Um, people were trying to steal your bag and stuff. So yeah. 08, you you James fell late in the race, and the team needed your ride to to win overall. 07 though might have been the best, but the best uh, the best USA team ever, maybe. Uh, Carmichael, Villapoto, and yourself, RV just killed him. Um, you didn't. You went like three uh, one or something in your class, or one three or something. Uh, what was a better destinations for you though overall? What'd you think? I mean, obviously Bud's tough to beat, but I think you probably rode better in England. Um, you know, actually, I think I actually rode better in 07 at, at, uh, I rode better in 07 at Bud's Creek. Had me and Carmichael not both crashed in the first turn, um, we probably would have went one, two, one, two, one, two in all three races. Yeah. Um, we both crashed in the first turn and came back. I think he got back third, I got back to six on Right. But, uh, that was, it was, honestly, it was kind of easy. Bud's Creek was pretty easy. That's what I and, mean. Uh, yeah, but I guess it was on USA soil, so that had to make it so sweet. Yeah, yeah, that was very, very special. Um, <clears throat> not very many, rock, you know, rocks to be able to say they ever race in their home country. So, mm-hmm. um, across the nations, and you know, be on a team with Carmichael and Bill Poto was uh, was an honor. I wasn't even supposed to be picked for that year. Uh, James had got hurt, so you know, there was dudes on the internet that were saying that I was, you know, you know, not going to pull through and stuff. So. Um, yeah, it was a special day being riding the track with Carmichael after the race. The fans going crazy, just you know, hovering the track and stuff. So, yeah, uh, I, I I enjoyed 08 more only because of the position, the role that I played right at the end. Yeah, um, you were key. It was a hard, it was, it was harder to adapt to the track there. The track was super tough to ride, and 
actually me and Burner was talking about that the other day, how deceiving the track was. It just seemed like it was going to be super tacky, but it was really slick. And, yeah. and, and then when James went down, I wasn't in position to win. I just knew I had, I needed a few more spots. <clears throat> so I, uh, yeah, somehow I managed to, uh, to make it up, but yeah, that was, man, that's a pressure cooker of a spot to be in. <laughs> right. right. I'd already, I had already lost a, a designation right. uh, once and uh, I never wanted that feeling ever again. I mean, that was worse than, cause worse than just losing, you know, for yourself. Right. Um, so, um, Bobby, yeah, I didn't want to feel like it made it happen. So it was cool. Bobby M on the internet, not a fan of Tim Ferry going in 07. Is he a fan of me now? I don't know. But back then, he didn't think you should go. Yeah. Um, Who else are you going to pick? Well, yeah. Hey, you won Washougal that year, too. 2-2. Two, two. Oh, yeah. Um, you won. Um, yeah. To go back to 08, 08 was, was awesome. You know, to be in another country and actually be on top of that podium yeah. is, uh, was it, that, that's a feeling I'll never forget. You know, Bud's Creek is special, but um, when you're – I felt like we were on their turf and we beat them, so it was, right. it was really cool. Yeah, and, and, and trivia, trivia, uh, trivia for any Tim Ferry fans out there: not one time in Tim Ferry's five motocross nations motos has he ever gotten the first pick. You were always in the middle of the, of the gate or or past that. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was always MX three, so um, right. I knew my position, I knew my role, and. Uh, and I was there to, you know, they knew I was going to be strong at the end of the motos. I was going to be consistent. Yeah. And uh, so the, I don't think they felt bad about putting me out there. And, and uh, yeah, it was all good. I, I, I didn't mind it. You know, I, I knew what we were there to do. We weren't there. I wasn't there for myself. And and uh, I was there to win for the team, you know, right. let the team win, help the team win. Um, did you resign with Cowie? Did you have a one-year deal with Cowie for 07? Or two what was it? Do you remember? Yeah, that? I had a one year seven, then they signed me for oh eight, oh nine. Two years. And then uh yeah, things kinda went south in oh nine. Let's talk about your crash <laughs> in oh nine. Uh Daytona. Um you break your heel. right away. How'd you do it, first of all? It was kind of in the middle of the pack and I missed it. Um how how what happened? Uh, my foot slipped off the peg going into the whoops. Well that was that big pile up that burned and uh was Burn and think, uh, oh, Stewie, Stewie. Stewie went down. Yeah, yeah, Stewie, right. Um, so yeah, they all went down. Me and J Law cut the track, went on the inside. You didn't cut and, it. Nearly, uh, you didn't cut it nearly enough, by the way. He I, he got away with a lot more. I, I did Well, of course, he was going to cut more than I was. <laughs> and um, uh, um, but yeah, it was, I was just trying to come to the pack. I remember, I had just passed Tedesco, and I was just. Daytona I was always pretty good at, so I was just pinning it. I came into the whoops too hot, lost my feet on the pegs. I got a video of it. My foot went straight into um, the basically the whoop, yeah. and uh, it just exploded exploded my heel, and I lost control and and uh, flipped over the bars. And oh. I uh, I don't think I ever really told uh, I don't really ever told anybody, maybe my wife or maybe a few people, but I knew from the moment that I was laying on that uh, on the ground that that was it for me. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you just had, I asked Mike Crocker one time, I think when I was seven, I said, man, how do you, uh, how do you know when to quit? You know, retire. He's like, yeah, you'll know, man. Don't worry about it. Oh, really? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember being on the side of the track and, and never being in so much pain in my life. Yeah. And I was already living a frustrating year and I was 33, 32, 33, 33 years old. And 
I just knew, man. I remember just being on the ground looking up, just flying and pain going, this is, you know, I'm done. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, at that point, I didn't, I, I felt like I didn't want it to, so. Right. Um, I came back racing outdoors and we were pretty disastrous and, uh, did you, I think I made the right did you know at Steel City that might be it? I think you went like uh, 12-9 or 12-8. Did you know that was probably going to be it? Um, I had, yeah, I had a pretty good idea. Yeah. Um, Scowie wasn't, yeah, bring, wasn't bringing you back with that injury. No, they, they were talking about bringing me back as a test rider um, and doing some racing and stuff. But, yeah, I, I was, my heel just never really – it never was right. normal again. You know, Doctors told me it was never going to be the same, and I, I knew that was it. I mean, yeah. I was I pulled off Southwick Multimoto stuff I never do. Yeah. I was just in too much pain. So. Yeah, you, um, it, was, it was the right time. I was I was a danger to everybody else on the track. <laughs> Double um, DNF at Southwick sure sure gave me an indication that something was wrong. <laughs> Double DNF. Yeah. I was like, oh man, not good. Yeah, not good. So, uh, um, so yeah, I, kind of, I had a feeling of. Um, that was pretty much it. I got a few offers through the off season, and uh, yeah, it was, it was the writing was on the wall. So. Uh, do we do we blame your Scott boots? What are we? What are we? Where are we at with that? I mean, there was lots of talk, not from you, but lots of talk in the pits, lots of talk online. The Scott plastic boots that you were running and did it you in, and this and that. Where are we at with that? Or do you want to share it? Or what? What's your thoughts on that? I mean, would you have? I mean, it was probably pretty good impact. So, where you stand with that? Uh, you know what? I no, I think. Uh, and they don't make the plastic boot anymore. So, if you want to protect them, don't worry about it. They don't make it anymore. No, 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 no. No, I, I you know, I think people thought that because my case, I wore the Garnet. Right. And uh, I only really wore the Garnet because they had a little better. It was more of a comfort and support thing. Right. And uh, but. I guarantee you, I went to three doctors, and two of them told me I had nothing with the boot whatsoever. He said, usually, the force that it takes to break your heel is like, you know, jumping off of a roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they said, uh, they're like, hey, dude, your, your heel is, if you're going to break your heel, you're going to break your heel. It takes a lot of force. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't blame that. I just, when I came back, I went to Garnet, one of my old sponsors, and uh, I was just comfortable with the boot, and, and uh I was really wanting to kind of. I was wanting to come back and be my old self. It just never happened. Right. Um, and then, well, obviously, yeah, you, you know, you you weren't the same guy. And luckily for you, though, in a stroke of genius that that you know, I think you deserve a lot of credit for, and a lot of riders listening to this, if there's any, can pay attention to. You had bought in a disability package over the years to protect yourself in case you couldn't race at a high level anymore. A good move on that, Red Dog. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, yeah, something I never, I, some, a lot of the industry guys know, but, um, yeah, we, we buy disabilities for uh, catastrophic injuries, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's a dangerous sport, so I uh, I bought one, I, actually, I bought one every single year once I was making enough money to for it to make sense, so. Right. Uh, oh, so you didn't, you, I, didn't, you didn't buy one in the $24,000 years? <laughs> Well, I didn't even know what insurance. I was, I was lucky to have enough insurance. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think I from probably 01 or 02, my agent always uh, always advised me to buy it. And uh, even though when I was at Triple X, I bought it. Um, and I wasn't even making any money. I was using old money. So right. um, just to pr- protect myself. So, uh, 
yeah, so there was a there was a, a thing in there, and and uh, that uh, breaking your heel is uh, it's is considered a <laughs> it's a career changer, which I kind of thought there's no way, but yeah, you know, being what's it still bothers me today. So yeah, like um, like there's no way you could. I mean, it was obvious watching you. You weren't coming back to your old level, and you probably were never going to be come back to your old level. No, it really never was. I mean, I could get out there. Obviously, I could still I and right and I go you know go pretty darn fast for the most part. But <clears throat> when I, when when Lloyd sent me to the doctor, the dude said straight away within five minutes, he's like, "Absolutely, if you were a roofer or anybody else, this is a career changing injury." He's like, "Your foot." He's like, "I can." He's like, "I can do a surgery on it. I can try to fix it." Yeah. He said, "But dude, your foot will never ever be the same." And I was like. I was happy at one uh, on one hand, but yeah. on the same hand, I was kind of like, "Man, that kind of sucks." Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> well, these insurance companies never want to pay out on their policies, so for them to do that and not really fight you, clearly <laughs> there was an issue. Um, yeah, I mean, that within within two weeks, you know, they they you know they whatever my settlement was, which I don't want to talk about, but um, I had a settlement, and then. Uh, you know they they paid on the spot and you yeah. know it's not it's not a, it's not enough to you know to retire on but it's enough to where when you go from making really good money to making nothing yeah uh you have you know you have some time to uh did, to uh you know to plan for your after you know after your yeah. racing career did you how many surgeries did you have on your heel well actually in at the once the nationals were over I went back and had to plate some screws I had eleven screws and a plate in my heel uh-huh. and uh. Taken out, and uh, they talked about maybe going back and doing one more. I just never have done it yet. So yeah, yeah. I just talked to my doctor a few weeks ago, and we want to possibly go in and do some cleanup work. But right, um, um, you know, I don't really know if the money will ever be worth the pain. Sometimes, right? <laughs> well, I, um, yeah. Think of all the injuries you've had over the years too. Both ACLs, right? One of them a couple times. Your heel, your wrist, uh, <laughs> professional life. Well, my- uh, yeah, jaw, yeah, jaw, thumb, jaw, uh, <laughs> lung. So you can go on and on, but um, you know, I, I I put a lot of that too, though, on um, not all the injuries, but quite a few of them, um, mechanical failures, yeah. and and also just not being prepared. So some advice for you know people who ride is is to be super prepared and and fit and strong and. Yeah. And ride, uh, you know, ride within your limits. So there was times like, you know, I got hurt when, when if I was more fit, and more strong, more focused. When I was super, when I was a lot younger, right? Um, you know, with those injuries. And, and when you're at Cowie too, your bike quit in midair, right? And that was gnarly. That was a pretty big crash, from what I hear. Yeah, that was uh, right before Washougal. So right. Uh, Funny, yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, so it happens. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of moving parts on bikes and. So, and, uh, kids out there listening, buy, buy, buy insurance. You never know, right? <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, hey, what about testing for uh, Stuart? Uh, a couple years ago, or maybe a year ago now, nah, a couple years ago, you tested for James. Uh, he, he called you up. You guys were buddies. He knew that you were a good test rider. <laughs> the funniest comment from that, uh, from you, turned into, I don't want to jump some of his jumps <laughs> at his house. But how was that? How, how, how was testing for James and, and L&M and all that? I never actually got to really ride with James much, but uh, it was a short-lived deal. Yeah. Honestly, I tested four weeks out of four months. Uh-huh. And, uh, so, 
I went there because of Sergio. He wanted to bring me over. He was at Cali when I was at Cali, so um, I thought it was going to be a good gig. It ended up being terrible um, <laughs> because it, 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 the contract got canceled, and uh, he went to JGR. Yeah. Uh, what so, it says something that James. I, never, I didn't really like it. I, I it was not what I thought it was going to be. I'd left. Honestly, I, I kind of had jumped out of the role with Trey as far as with the with the coaching training stuff to go do something I thought I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, and then about being uh, being that, so I was super stoked that Trey was really wanting me to come uh, come back and help him again after that. So. Um. um also, you've done testing for Olin's. You've done testing for Fox Shocks. Testing for JS Seven, um, and I believe Cali guys had you run through some stuff at one point, maybe a year or two ago. It's kind of must yeah. be cool for you to. You still your your opinion is still valid. People still want to talk to you. They still want to uh, get you to test things out. That's got to make you feel pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, I think the next year I tested for Cali a little bit. Then I did Fox. Then I did James. And then since then, I've done some Olin stuff. So yeah, um, yeah, I don't mind doing it. I just uh, I'm gonna do it on the side. I'm, I'm more focused on the, the stuff with Trey and yeah, and um, and this well, this past summer was with Ashley too. But um, that's all side stuff that I do on the side. You know, just you know when I have spare time. So yeah, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into into a uh, into a career of that. Right. Um, but if, if we were probably ten. Ten years ago, I mean, every team I almost had full time test drive. I let him see still test for Honda. So right, right. Uh, I guess you could make a career out of it, but I'm I'm in Florida and I'm not gonna. Yeah, I can't move to California. Um. All right. Uh, wrapping this thing up here. Uh, well, it's good to still have you at the races. By the way, it's funny though because, like, you and Yogi, and MC, you guys just stand around and nobody really bothers you anymore. It's kind of funny to me. <laughs> like. What actually, there's been so many times this summer that people wanted your picture and I was standing right next to you. Right. And right. Uh, I'm like, oh, man, rules have really re- reversed here. I know. How funny yeah. is that, right? It's, that's, that's classic. Um, but uh, anyways, okay, rapid-fire questions here. Um, your biggest rival in your racing career? Biggest rival? Uh, Carmichael. Is it really a rival, Red Dog? He beat you quite a bit. <laughs> well, he was the one I was shooting for. So. Right, right. Okay. All right. Uh, best bike of your racing career? Not one that I wrenched on, probably. Um, best bike? It was uh, KX450. Okay, I was thinking you were going to say 95 RM, but maybe not. Cali well, if it wasn't so long ago, I might have. But, um <laughs> Hard to move back that far. Uh, best race, your best race ever. Let's well, create first moto. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Except, uh, I think in order to be best race, you got to have like two motos put together. Okay, uh, best race. Um, Remember Bud's Creek though? You and Chad almost got in a fist fight in practice. That was awesome. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that was when you roosted me. I know. But now you want. I was not happy about that. Um, you know what my best race was? Uh, 08 Steel City. Uh, I had a race with Bach, Bach Kepler. Yeah. The uh, best race I think I've ever had. You guys um, were wheel-to-wheel the whole time. And it was just, it was almost like a chess match, and he knew that traffic the back of his hand, so I had to really, really think hard. Right. Um, I don't have many 
like that anymore when the race is that close. Um, yeah, it was good. Good day. Uh, your best gear you ever wore, your nicest looking gear, the best fitting gear, whatever you want it to be. Best, best I gear. Think, I think the O'Neill um, stuff they did for motocross nations in 08 was the, my favorite. Okay. Um, yeah, they did really one off gear like for that race. That was cool. Uh, childhood hero, childhood racer hero. Uh, Rick Johnson. Rick Johnson. Uh, you know what? Uh, actually, JoJo Keller was actually, when I was growing up, JoJo Keller would come to Florida. He, I just thought he was the greatest. Really? Yep. <laughs> just, just a big man on a little bike? You thought that was rad? Dude, he was unbelievable in the sand down there. Um, and he was super cool. I was to walk over to his van and he'd give me his goggles. So. <laughs> JoJo Keller it is. Um, what? Best rollerball story. Um, passing him at Dade City in 93, uh, just thinking I was passing another dude, and he just slammed me in the next turn. That's right. You probably deserved it. Um, but I, I figured out how to race him. Actually, I think he made me a better, uh, a better passer and a better racer because I learned that I couldn't just pass him like I would pass anybody else. Right. So I kind of, I learned, I learned a lot from that. Those Florida winter amps, man, like Hannah, Bradshaw, Dow, they they would all race them. It was like a mini national back in the day. Roller? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, favorite track? Favorite track ever? I think I, I think you're going to say Creek. Red Bud. What do you No, Bud, Bud Creek. Bud Creek? Yeah. Um, that's it, man. Red Bud's good, though. Red Bud's, I remember you always used to tell me, oh, I love Red Bud, and then you would suck there whenever I worked for you. I, 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 if I did better, I probably would say Red Bud, but... Yeah. Um, all right, man. Uh, thank you for doing the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. Part one and part two, we got over two hours of Tim Ferry talking about his career. I think that's awesome, myself. And uh, I'm excited to finally nail this thing down because, um, yeah, you know, it's been tough. It's been many years. People wondering why we've never done one. You, honestly, you've been asking me forever, and I never have enough time to sit down for two hours and actually do a podcast. So, right. Uh, and I would say thanks for keeping me uh, somewhat semi-relevant, because uh, <laughs> if you hadn't said my name one million times the last two years, I would be history. You would be. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. I, I try. Um, good times. Uh, I guess I'll see you. I, I don't know if you're coming out to Cali again, but... I'm planning on going down to Cali to make a little trip like I did last year, so maybe I'll hit you up if you're there with Trey. And uh, if not, maybe uh, maybe Anaheim, huh? I'll be at Anaheim 1 for sure. All right, Red Dog. Thank you. Uh, thank you for doing this podcast, and uh, talk to you soon, buddy. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.